Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast this month, brought to you by our friends, Manscaped. Yes. Who doesn't need a good who doesn't need a good stocking stuffer, you know? I mean the pod, we're stuffing your stockings. Not only that, not only your your audible stockings, let us stuff your actual stockings with these excellent Manscaped products we have coming out. Uh there's of course the crop preserver ball deodorant. Name speaks for itself, of course. The crop reviver <laughs> ball toner. I don't know who needs ball toner. I gotta be honest. Like I don't even know what it does, to be honest with you. They sent it to us. I have no idea what it is. Um, it gives me a very uh, appre- <laughs> the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice thing every time about the ball toner. <laughs> it's just like, I, I don't know what kind of weird magic. Also, I love the crop preserver because it insinuates that my pubes are like a must-need yield. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> I love the names, though. Manscaped goes yeah, for the, it. The, the names are good. I like the names. Honestly, there's a lot of like good little things to throw in stockings for you know whoever might need them. Oh, yeah. Body wash, there's foot deodorant. Um, we got the weed whackers as a tester, the weed whack, the nose yeah. and ear hair trimmers. Pretty cool. I mean, my friend Nick actually gave me this statistic that uh, I forget what it was, but a shocking amount of people yank their nose hairs out with their bare fingers. And when you do that, you are essentially creating a stargate right into your nose for bacteria and infections and shit. It's a horrible practice. So, yeah, get yourself a weed whacker, trim your inner nose. Yes. Uh, trim your, your high-yield crop pubes. Get those out of there. Uh, the underwear are fantastic. That is game-changer. Great stocking stuff. If you decide to buy anything using our code, which we'll get to in a second, buy the underwear. They're wonderful. I think I have three pairs now. They're they're spectacular. Uh, yeah. Go to manscaped.com. You, uh, use our code FILM, F-I-L-M. You get 20% off and free shipping. That's FILM, F-I-L-M. Whatever person in your life you feel needs some weed whacking, some ball toning, yeah. some wiping, or some general just maintenance. This is for them. We we all need the general maintenance, guys. Uh, tis the time of the year. Get your jingle bells right. You never know when you'll be on your way commuting. You'll be blown up by a nefarious political attack. You'll get 3D printed back to save mankind. Uh, put in your finest tape bikini. And you don't, you don't want to look like it's you plus an Ewok. You know what I mean? <laughs> You want to be trim. If you're going to be the ultimate warrior that makes all the men blush as you constantly change in the movie, you gots to be tight. You gots to be right. You got to be uh, manscaped, guys. So go to manscaped.com. Get yourself and your friends some stocking stuffers. Use code FILM at checkout for 20% off. And free uh, shipping. You're wel- And free shipping. You're welcome for the Christmas delight. On to the show. Friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, ultimate weapon in duct tape sporting, Alex Dandino. That's right. All right, guys, before we stuff your stockings a little business, uh, thank you for spending your time with us. We hope you're enjoying yourself. Please take a second and leave a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app, guys. That is a great 
easy, simple, free way to help us out. It takes just a second. It does help shows like us uh, begin to chart and find new audiences. So thank you for those who've been doing that. Much obliged. It means the world to us. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, for some cool new projects coming that way. And video versions of all of these podcasts. If you want to uh, see our gorgeous faces, uh, it's there for you. Sorry, that was my attempted Gary Oldman accent. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on all the social media you're on. We're there. We love to talk to you guys. You may also email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your ideas for movies you'd like to hear covered. New, old, double features, uh, month, guest host. We would like to do some really cool guest hosts this year. So line up those uh, ideas for who would make great guest hosts for us to, to chit-chat with. Um, yeah, those are easy ways to get a hold of us, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Speaking of this month, December, the pod stuffs you're stocking tonight. Another listener selection, uh, the fifth element. This comes from listener Brad Heat via Facebook. Uh, one of our old good friends and listeners, Brad Heat. Thank you for the suggestion. I knew we'd get to fifth element someday. Eventually, This movie is so much uh odder than i remembered uh i used to watch this a lot when i was a kid i think this was like it kind of had that like seminal young boy thing to me where it was like jessica rabbit and uh lilu yeah. right where these were like uh really bonded to my 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 burgeoning sexuality my young man mind uh so yeah i used to watch these movies a lot i was telling you i remember this is kind of a, a bigger more serious space opera in my mind somehow <laughs> And when I watched it today, that is not the movie it is. It is a series of baffling plotting, but just fucking amazingly fun movie. And it still works on me every time. Alex, hit me with your opening thoughts on The Fifth Element. I mean, The Fifth Element is also one of those movies that I saw when I was younger and didn't fully grasp. What, I mean, I knew what was happening, but I, 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 I think I always assumed there was something much bigger. And yeah, I had the same, I had the exact same reaction today. And I, I, I watched this movie fairly routinely, like just in general, if it's available on streaming, like we'll pop yeah, it on. It's fun. If you, it's one of those, if you see it, you're like, I should watch, I should that. watch that again. And like, I've watched yeah. it on occasion, like every couple of years and like, but this time watching it for the pod. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Cause I was watching it and going like, wow, this there isn't nearly as big a thought as I thought there was in this movie. There's a much more <laughs> concise, <laughs> much more, much less conceptual than I thought it was okay. much more like literal kind of like less thematic than I think I remember. Then I remember when I was a kid, I thought much more was going on, but I think yes. it's because aliens, yes. 5,000 year old evil yes. sarcophagus stuff, like all kinds of crazy sure. shit. Like, and then of sure. course, like the, uh, Manda <laughs> Shawans and you know, that's the kind of thing it was. Sure. All good. It blew my mind all when good. I was a kid. And for that, I am thankful. Yes. Yeah. It, that is very much kind of the Luke Bisson place in my life. Like, man, when I was a kid, awesome. <laughs> and I don't get me wrong. I still love this is it's so, cause I get, I thought this was a, we are saving all mankind. I thought there was a little more of like uh, the origin of life, savior stuff. Like yeah. I, I remember all these deep themes, right? Like these big important. And I was like, that is not, this was essentially like just a kind of super cool nineties music video. Mm -hmm. And it just happens to at the core of it, have these two actors that are just absolute liquid magma hot. 
Yes. Like right in the middle of this unbelievably crafted and built science fiction world. But then the rest of it is kind of yakety sacks. You know, it's it's a strange. It's just like just today I was watching. I was like, I I guess I had somewhat forgotten the opening of this. movie. This is kind of like a good a good summary of like weirdness. This movie has. Right. So an alien race has a super weapon. Right. That somehow involves four rocks, a tiny key, and a a lady, a lady weapon, right? And a sarcophagi. She is the fifth element herself. Um, They just say, hey, let's put this on this derelict backwater, right? As if none of my enemies could be like, I wonder what the fuck they're doing there. Maybe we'll go look for their lady weapon. <laughs> and then, I like how you keep saying lady weapon. Well, they just... The, and so then the aliens who are essentially giant walking grimaces, right? Like they kind of, they actually look like a, a fucking ducktails. They look like a ducktails bad guy, right? Yes. Like there's something gizmo duck would have to defeat. They have these little weird duck heads, these big giant fucking bulbous bodies. So like, like when the, when that, when the rock door is closing and there, he's just like waddle faster. He's like, it's too late. He's like, Scream. I was like, the, Okay, you're not an advanced alien race if you can't scuttle right. faster. Well, I think I remember the first time I saw this movie, I didn't fully connect that those were like those were the aliens who were going to like who were doing who were part of the main mission. I thought they were like the minions for whoever the real thing was. I had yeah. not put that together until the very end of the movie for myself as a kid. I was like cuz I agree like they look like they look like the second to last boss battle characters in a video game. Like that's how like, that's they, how I always <laughs> saw them in my in my mind. In my mind. Not minds, well, I have one mind. I think yeah. I had like backwards Prometheus it, right? That somehow they are our gods, they're responsible. Because this is the thing, if you have the giant um defeating giant gaseous asteroid monster, wouldn't yeah. you want that on your own world? Do they have another late, like the six elements on their world and the fourth elements on like their, their homies world? Like it, it's so baffling series of decisions. Right. And then they're like, how do we defend this most important of weapon? One old guy, right? Just some old guy who just <laughs> walks amongst the sand, trying to pass out drugged water. Right. And I was like, that's it. Just some Sandy old geezer is all that stands between us. And having that weapon to then turn on them when they bring their giant spaceship back. But then you're like, the spaceship shows up and you're like, oh, damn, that's fucking cool. Right? Why is this set 300 years in the past? Right? That gets to my bigger question. It's like, why is this movie over two hours long? But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. There, it, It's just that that whole scene is a great microcosm of this film, right? You're like, why are you making these 15 decisions? But goddamn, am I enjoying the ride? Right? I mean, I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the Luke Bassan of it all in general is just, yeah, he is a master of making me care about things that I shouldn't give two shits about. And I think that's, that's the thing I love the most about this movie because this, as I got older and watched this movie more, I realized this movie feels like a segment of heavy metal. Like, yeah, kind like of. Like if right? someone decided, you know what I want to do? I'm going to adapt that one heavy metal story I read when I was a teenager and turn it into uh, I'm going to do live action version of it. Like that's what it feels like a lot of the time. Like down to like just the general 
design of everything feels very like that. Like it feels very much like it came out of that world and came from that world from, I mean, honestly, the big, like big thing for me has always been the taxi cab design always feels very like it was animated. And that was like how they came. They, they like literally just saw an animation. They're like, cool. I'm just going to get that going. Like that's, it feels like that has that vibe, which is like reverence for the world within and then you have Corbin Dallas, who's this character who literally does not care about, like, any fucking thing except for, like, himself, which is why we <laughs> like Corbin Dallas a lot of the time. But that's the thing I like the most about The Fifth Element in general is that the vibe I get is a movie that takes itself seriously and yet has a lot of fun along the way, which is Luke Besson to a T, I think. Yeah, and the strange thing is the amount of work they do crafting the world, right? Like, this is one of the more fascinating... And fun, like, I'm just going to sit in a science fiction world, right? right? There are so many times you're watching the film, you're like, God, that's wildly inventive, right? Like, I was just thinking, like, when they're they're getting the spaceship, right, to uh, the space cruise, mm -hmm. right? W again, weird fucking to say, a space crew? Okay. Like, sure, go with it. Just rock with it, right? Yeah. But just even showing, like, oh, these have a nuclear power source that are handled by guys who are just kind of chucking them around like baggage claim. Oh, we got to burn off parasites. All of these, there's just so many little extra details, right? When the third guy comes saying, I'm Dallas Corbin, and the guns slide down, right? They don't even need police anymore. They'll just take you right there. There are so many of those. Like, I love when the, the Thai food vendor pulls up in his like, floating love boat that. and just serves him food right as his wall lifts up. Love it. The, uh, the, the freezer in the shower up and down. Mm -hmm. It's just such a wildly inventive world and it feels for how strange and comic booky this movie is a lot of times right it's very big visual imagery that reminds me of you know those kind of Yodorowsky Mo Moebius comics oh, yeah, right totally but then you get into this and it's like the little gritty details of living in this world right are really strong yes so it is this kind of weird it seems like it'd be this big vapid colorful you know don't look too deep just look at the coolness but that's like the most fun stuff yeah. in the movie to me. Absolutely. Is that down and dirty world that we're playing in. Yeah, I think the lived in aspect of the world is what makes it not what you're talking about. Like we've watched plenty of movies where the coolness of everything and the facade of what's pretty and fun and weird about this new world is what like deceives you into thinking it's I wouldn't say like a bad movie, but certainly deceives you into thinking that it's right. better than it really is. Like the thing that's great about the fifth element is everything about that world feels lived in. There's nothing about it that feels inauthentic, even though I'm wildly unfamiliar with 2263. That's not the era I live in. Yeah, currently. Right? <laughs> so like, I think that's really, I think that's a really impressive thing. And that's the thing that makes the movie even more enjoyable is like, you are almost immediately engaged because even though you're not there, you feel, you, you feel that you've been there. Big deal. Right. Well, even though it's that far in the future, it feels very familiar to us. It Definitely. feels like living in a big city now just with different stuff, right? They do a really good job of setting up these baselines of how these people – like, I just love the fact that this lady drops in on him, right, breaks into his cab. He's going around. He's like, I'll get away from the cops. So we see a little bit of this city, how the traffic works, all these little environmental things, right? And I love the thought that all that goes down and he's just able to look up this priest who we just saw on a barge with the president, right? 
trying to figure out how to fight the worst villain in movie history, giant, gassy, evil ball planet. Dark planet, I think they call it once or twice, right? Yeah, I think so. But anywho, they... So all that, right? That guy's that important. And this cab driver just literally looks him up and... I don't know, 2263's yellow pages and just shows up like, hey, I'm here with the passed out lady in a duct tape suit. Uh, What's up? Let's go save the world. <laughs> it's just, it fucking works so splendidly. I, I don't, because there is, there is a comic absurdness to this movie too that makes it, it's one of those things too, because the, the reality of the world mixed with the comic absurdity, it becomes this perfect playground for Bruce Willis. It's it's almost the perfect Bruce Willis vehicle, right? Because mm-hmm. he just he's so he's always been so good at that kind of wink and a nod. I know why this is fun, yeah. and this this is one of the best examples of what Bruce Willis does so well. Oh no, this is I mean, this is taking the this is taking the diehardness of Bruce Willis and like whatever that dial is, like breaking it off. And just letting him roll. Because that's really kind of what this is. Like, for me, it always feels like, what happened if John McClane lived in the future? Because that's just how, that's just the vibe you get. Like, he's, yeah. and I mean, in this movie, he's supposed to be like ex-special forces, but he's also been a cab driver yeah, that's for a long so, time. They drop that shit in like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. And you're like, well. No, I mean, they do show it a little bit at the start when he's well, like, hey, you need more points on your license. He's like, oh, I was a soldier. Right. They just well, like, it. and they also like, you know, he's obviously he can handle like a mugger and that kind of shit. You're like, okay, there's like moments where you're like, got it. He's a tough dude. Like clearly he's had some, some sort of training, but he's just like kind of, he still has this McLean vibe of like, he might not make it out of this. Like he's kind of a fuck up. There's a chance this might not work out. Like there's always yeah. these, there's these elements of the story that he's a part of that I think work very well simply because it's the expectation we have from Bruce Willis action star. And that's what really, for me, like sells the actual action is selling the action of the movie itself. Because I feel like any other actor, this isn't going to work that, that, that vibe doesn't work. He's the only one. And this is like, he's cornered the market on that in general is just, he's the only guy who can do this. Like, He's a believable person to survive Nakatomi Plaza, and he's also a believable person to probably survive like an onslaught of uh, you know Mangalores. Like you know, all right, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a great moment in the movie, right, when she first falls through his cab, right, and she's in the back, and they kind of meet, and there's this the way they both play it is just brilliant, right, where he's kind of immediately like doing his Bruce Willis, like you know bada bing bada boom like that kind of thing (laughs) he's got a wink and a nod she's also like there's just this immediate vibe this immediate electricity in that cab right and when the police are like thank you for your cooperation it's getting slower and slower it's this pressy cooking device right but we know what's coming you just you fucking feel it because of that enormous catalyst you know between of the energy between the two of them you're like oh this is that the reaction has begun, right? Yeah. That when he takes off and he just says, uh, you know, nah, fuck it. Or I think he actually says, this is so stupid, right? Because she has that great moment, too, where she can't speak, but she is able to read, please help. Yeah. And she starts kind of crying and breaking down. So we go from this kind of strangest meet cute ever to, like, please help, crying, cops, you know what I mean? And then he just said, this is stupid, and he goes for it. And that is that to me is the Bruce Willis like linchpin moment. Yeah. That is the moment that Bruce Willis can do, right? 
that even though he's a soldier and he needs to have his job, he's kind of like the working man, downtrodden working man at this point. He's still the guy that we imagine just with like that little wink and a laugh, a little chuckle. I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go on this saving the world adventure. Like, <laughs> And it's, it's just brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely I, fucking brilliant. Yeah. It works. I love that Corbin Dallas is like, if you summarize Corbin Dallas with like a look, it's literally just like a guy shrugging, like, like it's always, yeah. well, what are you going to do? <laughs> I love, and that's again, like that's just the vibe Bruce Willis brings to this kind of movie. It's the thing that he does so well. And it's the thing that makes this movie even more like it's the thing that makes this movie, not just entertaining, but relatable in a lot of ways is that, our main guy and the person we're following through this movie along with this woman who is like the embodiment of an, I, I don't know, like an, an essence of a different element altogether that we don't even know anything about. Oh, is she's partnered with this guy who is just sort of like haphazardly the hero of our story. Like that is to me, that's what makes it, that's what makes it a great, that's what makes the fifth element a good movie is that, I relate to a guy who can handle himself, but is literally spending the entire movie just going like the fuck is going like that. The, that You're right. That line. This is so stupid. Is just like, that's the movie, man. That's the movie right that's there. That's the whole movie. That, that moment is the whole movie to me. Absolutely. And that's why it works. Right. Cause I mean the whole rest of the movie, he could say that every scene where he's like, what, why, why is this? <laughs> what? Like, I, all right, here we go. Let's fucking rage. Right. <laughs> Speaking of actors, though, I will say that the biggest disappointment for me in this movie was going back, and I, I got to reclassify the Gary Oldman performance because I always held this up as like, really? Yeah, fifth Element, man. That's why That's why you Gary Oldman. Wow. I got to say, I don't want to say Gary Oldman's bad because he's not. He's a good actor. No. This role is fucking stupid. What the fuck is happening in this movie? What the fuck is Zorg <laughs> doing in this film? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand one iota of the screen time that is given to Gary Oldman in this movie. One, I well, don't understand the fucking ha that the, the testicle protector on his forehead, right? Why does he have the forehead cut? Why does he have a sometimes southern like Louisiana draw? Mm -hmm. uh, you think he's like this big corporate overlord, right? Then we right. find out that the dark planet is using its dark energy to make collect phone calls to him and giving yes. itself the alias Mr. Shadow. <laughs> the dark planet <laughs> calls itself dark, uh, Mr. Shadow, which might be the worst I'm going to do bad things codename since Carlos Danger. <laughs> it's just like, what is happening in this movie? You think he's this bad like corporate overlord? He gives this really cool speech like, ah, break stuff because that, that encourages life. I'm in the same business as you, priest. But he talks like Foghorn Leghorn. He talks like Foghorn Leghorn. Like, yeah, there's this whole thing where you're like, oh, so he's like a super genius bad guy. Okay, and then every time you think you know what the fuck's happening with Zorg, oh, now the planet's calling him. Now he keeps not checking the box for orbs. Like, what is happening with Gary Oldman in this movie? It, it really kind of broke my heart because I always was like, that's a top Gary Oldman movie. It's not. I it's mean, not. I mean, I think it speaks to the <laughs> it speaks to what we said. It's not his movie. fault either. I want to make that clear. No, 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 no. no. It's not it what Gary Oldman's the, doing that doesn't work for me. No, but it speaks to the uh, it speaks to the thinness of what we were talking about earlier. Like on this viewing, it is one of those things you're like, 
Huh. So Gary Oldman has no like corporate intrigue. It's literally like he's getting collect calls from a evil son. So like, hey, do a bad thing, will you? No. And it's it is weird. Well, because the, <laughs> the funny thing about it is you're like, so wait, does he know the whole time? Because uh, Mr. Shadow says, I'll be amongst you soon. What we learn is that if the fifth element is the warrior of life and creation, right? He is death and destruction, right? The opposite. Right. So if he's among us, presumably in his like Mogo form, right? This giant sentient planet. Um, that's not going to bode well for Zorg. Is he going to limp his ass like through the wasteland? Like, what are we talking about here? What's his plan? What's his end well, game here? I mean, and I think that's like, that's the harder thing about this movie to me is like, Zorg's endgame is sort of unimportant from the jump because like he's basically just like the bad guy character you have to have in a movie so that like you don't just say like oh cool we just have like evil Mogo walking around the end like literally just like hurtling towards us the whole time it's sort of like it's like movies with asteroids like there's never like asteroids aren't <laughs> asteroids aren't talking to you but there's something sinister about that asteroid isn't there it's trying to defeat us. Right. But imagine if Armageddon just had Eric Roberts running right. around trying oh, to do a southern that's exactly accent. exactly what I'm saying. And like, it's like, do we wait? Do we fight the asteroid or do we need to like drill into Eric Roberts? Like what's happening? I watched this movie and I was like, for the time this was happening, I cannot believe this was not an Al Pacino role. <laughs> like this is such an Al Pacino. Right. Role. So from the storytelling <laughs> perspective, you have to like have a guy do that, whatever that is like, which is like, yeah futuristic foghorn leghorn with a yeah with like a cup on his head but then yeah <laughs> but that that's like that's who you have to have as the antagonist otherwise you are just like it's like it's weird there's an impending doom of yeah <laughs> i'm gonna say this impending doom of mr shadow the entire movie uh <laughs> we all know he's oh my god it's so bad <laughs> we all yeah. know he's coming I can't is that say, why he's eating the satellites is so he can't can better i can't say this i can't say without a straight he's eating the satellites so he can get all his bars so he can make those collect calls beep, 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 it's, Damn. It, it is one of those things Call again, failed. It, it's 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 very luke Besson to me i'm so glad i saw this as a child and didn't stop to be like wait mr shadows the dark world is like i'll call this one business guy who's got a bit of an issue with I don't know. Seemingly everything. He's seemingly just not a happy fellow, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just makes no sense. So Mr. Shadow can absorb every satellite in the galaxy, but can't like suction in the stones. Like, why does he need this, this limpy nutsack head to like go get, like, I don't understand what's happening in this film. I don't understand. And it's not that Gary Oldman needs to not limp, right? His limp is no hesitation for him getting the stones. Him being an idiot is the biggest problem. Like, multiple yeah. times, he's so dumb, he doesn't seem to understand that he needs to have the... How many people think they've taken the stones and don't look to see if there are rocks in there? It gets to one of my bigger things, though, right? I have this... There's this funny thing watching it today, right? As the plot became more and more convoluted and baffling to me, it almost doesn't matter, right? Because the movie puts in this really fun understory of just fate. Yeah. That all of this is kind of a predetermined game anyways, mm -hmm. which normally doesn't work for me in movies, but I think they lay it out pretty fun here. What did you make of that? 
I like that kind of stuff in movies. I I mean, we've talked yeah. about this before. Like, I like I like movies that are dealing with fate and dealing with the concept of fate because yeah, like I do think there are some sort of like there are some sort of final destinations and a lot of things that were that we do in our lives. And I I like the idea that there is some reason to the chaos of the universe. So yeah. in that, that thread for me works very well in this movie, which is why like Nutsack Head and Giant Mr. Shadow Ball don't bother me nearly as much as I, you know, like didn't bother me nearly as much this time because I did take away from <laughs> what whatever you can take away from this movie. I do like the concept of like we are fated to a certain call. And I like that. That works for me. That makes me actually root for Dallas and Lilo the Lilo Lilo the entire time. Yeah, I mean there's a strange sense that at the end, right? Because what we see is that he is constantly chosen for this role, right? She jumps into his cab. Then he is given the mission to get the stones, right? So there is this constant, he is being pulled into this mission. Uh, he can't escape it. It is his fate, right? Like, this is going down no matter what. Um, mm -hmm. Zorg, who is clearly a very powerful genius man, acting like an absolute fucking clown shoe at the end. You're like, well, maybe that's something he can't help. Right? Like, he just flies all the way to, um, you know, Space Carnival and doesn't bring a posse to get the most important stones he needs to keep the Shadow Ball from murdering him and letting him, like, walk amongst the wreckage is the last corporate overlord. Like, I think it's one of those things. He's not capable of winning this fight, right? That all these people... Are just kind of, It is a weird thing, right? Because to me, it kind of is one of the... Like, The Matrix does this really well, right? Mm -hmm. Where, in theory, if Neo is truly the one, if Mr. Smith and them catch him at the start of that movie and fucking murder him, right? So let's say the first time he goes back in The Matrix, if instead of Jack and Morpheus all over that bathroom, that's Neo. Neo gets his CTE from the toilet seat and is on death's door. <laughs> He's going to erupt into a blur and fucking murder them there, and The Matrix is the exact same movie. Right. But they lay it out in a very poetic way, right? That although it is this preordained thing that he cannot escape, which seems to lower the narrative stakes, it really doesn't in the fifth element. It becomes this kind of comedy of errors where you just see all these people acting like fucking clown shoes. And yeah. we know that at the end it doesn't matter, right? We see the priest. You know, this man who represents religion, just desperately trying, like, it's my mission. Seemingly kind of wants to get intimate with his perfect deity, right? Like, there's a weird journey he's going on. So it's kind of taking the piss out of religion. Doesn't matter. It'll happen as it will. We obviously see um, R.I.P. President Liston, right? Uh, sitting there Tiny just Lister, launching man. missiles, trying whatever. Yeah, just can't. Or Lister. What did I say? Lister, yeah. Uh, can't get out of his own way, can't do anything, right? The, the loserness of the government to be able to do anything good in this movie, right? And so it is. it just becomes all of these players just existing. As we really watch Lilo and Dallas uh, form together the fifth element, because that was the thing at the end that I didn't expect to work as well for me as it did, that uh, one of the scenes in the movie I just was absolutely – stop dead in my tracks i thought the scene when she looks she's talked about she hadn't made it through the alphabet right and then she gets to war right and watching 
I mean, Mila Jovovich just fucking crushes She's that amazing. Scene. Yeah. It's unbelievable how good she is in this movie, right? I think a lot of people like throw her and say, oh, she's a B-movie action. Like, she is un-fucking... Like, the acting she's doing in this movie is awesome, right? Truly great act. And that scene was great, right? And so there is also... The, the, the other thing in Fade I kind of realized, right? Like, he has the one match from Space Carnival Cruise, right? Well, it's up there burning. He has the one match. It's fine. Right. And then it's he also has to be there because his devil may care attitude is the thing she needed to see to become the space spotlight that saves the day. (laughs) Right. So it's (laughs) it is this strange like together they're almost because she's fighting for creation. He is completely an agent of chaos and destruction. (laughs) So merged together, they are kind of the circle of life. Well, that's the thing. Together. Do you think so the fifth? Do you think then the title of the fifth, the fifth element itself? Do you do you think the fifth element is love? Perhaps. I, I mean, yeah, I think the movie's trying to tell. Like, I think the fifth element is them combined. I think she might be the source of the power. She's the perfect being. Right. Uh, she's obviously her abilities and all that are far superior to any other character in the movie, right? But what we see, and maybe that gets back to that unusual 300 year before prequel and why they chose this backwater and the duck people got jumped trying to bring the stones across like they just seem kind of slow and dumb to be our creator species but maybe that's what they knew is this perfect weapon right this this species of the light maybe gary oldman in a way his his little al pacino speech was right we're in the same business look at these robots I love how he talks about creating robot or creating jobs. It's just like four like Roombas cleaning everything up. I'm like, I mean, you could have used human people to sweep that up and paid them a living wage. You fucking testicle headed Scum. bastard scumbag over there. Just fog in the garden of good and eviling your way through this fucking movie. just fogging, <laughs> just fogging up that ball sack lid dick just fogging it up. But yeah, but so I think in a way that his his frailty and his his not caring about himself right his devil may care thing Mm -hmm. the fragility of that and how he keeps fighting that's the thing she needs to see that makes it worth all the horrible stuff right because there's also that great scene when she first escapes right after being 3d printed back to life yeah where she just takes in this fucking scene right of like the the future new york city and this scene struck me as very odd right because I was like, one, you are a, a created, genetically designed, as they tell us, super fucking warrior from a highly advanced, if not slow moving and foolish uh, race of giant ducks, right? Right. That's where you came from. So you've seen high tech stuff. So when she comes back to Earth and she's like, <gasps> I was like, why is she so confused by space cars and whatever i think what she's struck by is the the hideousness of yeah it. i think that i would agree with that that's not probably, the not the beauty of it right yeah no that's always been my assumption is that she is not awestruck by like oh my god they're flying cars everywhere but more awestruck by the fact that things are just on top of each other and no one gives a shit yeah. about anything and everything's gross like that would be more disturbing to come <laughs> back to life and be like well, cool. Yeah. I'm like an ultimate weapon of good in the universe to you know make sure that I don't know that guy can pick his nose still. This is great. Yeah. Like I, this is this is why I'm going to like space sperm that dark thing. Like, waste. What? 
yeah, maybe we should let him bump this marble off and I can go ultimate weapon on like Mars. Like, what are we talking about here? But no, it's weird because as a kid, that struck me as, you know, oh, uh, like when Superman pulls Zod's helmet off and Man of Steel, right? And it's like, ah, think of all the input. Like, it's overwhelming. I thought that was a cool concept, right? That's how I remembered this scene playing. But to me, now it's kind of this, it's almost a shock horror. Like, oh, man. I remember we used to come here and it was this nice world. It was just people in, like, you know, the sand building little pyramids. They, like, played ball as kids. Like, it was nice. It was nice. Now yeah, totally. it's gross. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's always been, I think I've never felt like she was just shocked by flying cars. I've always assumed it was like, yeah. oh, my God, this place is so fucked. What happened? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really fun, though, because, again, I think the way they lay it out where it's just it is a weird it's about the end of our species, essentially, and it doesn't really have any stakes that you care about. There's not really any tension in the movie, even though they do a great it's a great editing job at being really high paced. The the cross cutting motif that they do constantly where it's three like two or three scenes at once mm -hmm. moving us through the exact same, you know, moment of discovery brilliantly done yeah. right but you're like there's nothing really where you're like oh i'm concerned for anyone right because it's absurd but you're waiting for that moment that that love connection right and in a big sci-fi movie like this that's a strange a strange uh mark it is but i also think it's what sets this movie apart from other sure from other science fiction movies like it is that you are waiting for like we've always talked about this like great science fiction movies that we really love great horror movies. We really love like the human or just like emotional elements. in a lot of these movies is the point of watching them. And I think that's the thing that the fifth element figured out early on. And that's why the visual effects are still cool. Like I still think they look awesome. Like there's a oh, lot yeah. of really cool shit Hell yeah. in this movie. But the thing that I love the most is that I care deeply. Like I actually really do care about Corbin and Lilu getting through this at the end yeah. and like being together and like, like discovering one another as like, like that is a really important thing. And it shouldn't be for a movie that's essentially make sure that that girl turns on her inner flashlight so that that big giant ball doesn't show up. Like <laughs> shouldn't be like, yeah. it shouldn't happen that way. But honestly, like I, the emotional elements of this movie are so fascinating and so gripping to me. Like they work really well and they're working overtime. And that's the thing that I think I like the most about it is that I feel like I am on a ride with these guys the entire time. But I, I'm like, Oh God, I hope these kids make it. Like, it's like watching the notebook. Yeah. Like it's like that level. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, just, I mean, it's, it's from the start. It's, Oh, here's the ex soldier. Who's, you know, super tough handling muggers. He says, I want the perfect girl. She doesn't exist. Oh, we know now that he is fated as part of the fifth element, right? Mm -hmm. Of course he has an attraction to the perfect girl because he has to be there to turn on the light, right? Boom, got it. And you're like, all right. And then he's doing his like winks and smirks. The scene that gets me with uh Bru like I like when he describes her, right? Like what how big was the fair? Five nine, red hair. Like it, there is kind of like it's not as creepy as it like that scene I bet on paper read creepier, <laughs> you know, like, a oh, this is the chick I'm going to fuck. Right. Like a, those old calls you would get in the 90s. Oh, yeah, dude, this chick at the party. Oh, 
right? <laughs> it's like, that's what I felt. I bet that scene read like, but right. he gives it this kind of like romantic thing, right? Yeah. He seems really, really into it. But the scene when he's watching the opera singer, that in the midst of all this chaos and this big mission and all the things going on, him watching her and Bruce Willis again, that is one of those scenes I bet gets overlooked. If you just watch him watch her, it is stunning work. He is crushing that scene. And that's when I all the way fell in love with him. She's like, he's fun. Yeah. Bruce Willis is always fun. You're like, now I love Bruce Willis in this. Right. Now I love Dallas in this. I mean, that scene, that scene in general is just like an all timer for me. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. Love. I, you can put that, that, you can put that in the preceding uh, shootout next to it. Like, you can just, you can put those up against anything. And I think you're going to find that i mean it stands up it's always good like those are the kinds of things that are just too those are the sequences in movies where you're like this is why i showed up for this movie like this is what i'm here for and this like i think the fifth element has a lot of these moments but like that scene particularly like you can feel luke Basson being like this is what's gonna get these guys to, like sit down and watch the rest of this movie i, I fucking love that yeah. shit yeah, that that scene is absolute. I mean, it's just muscular filmmaking. I think I've heard that phrase before, and I'm like, I love that phrase, right? You're just like, that's a guy who knows he's got it, and he knows yeah. he's gonna get you there, and just forces it in, man. It's that is a good fucking scene, right? Uh, Chris Rock, we or Chris Tucker. We haven't talked about Chris Tucker. We um, have Unbelievable. Unbe- I mean, there. Chris Chris Tucker is one of those guys. Like, it kind of almost makes me sad. Because you go back and watch this and you're like, I feel like there were so many different trajectories where this guy just became one of, like, the biggest, best stars who had given us, like, 30 awesome movies by now. And I think he just did, like, the Rush Hour series and got more money than God. I was like, sweet, I'm fucking done. You're like, yeah, I don't blame you for that. But I watch him in Fifth Element and I was like, he is so fucking awesome in this movie. And it just cracks me up. My kid was kind of, like, playing around in the background. When Chris Tucker came on, he froze. Because it was that. It was the blue alien lady. Uh, the the Mylocks? What are they called? No, that's like the fucking time machine. Whatever the like, shape-shifting aliens are. Uh, Mangalores. My kid just was... Yeah, Mangalores. My son was just like all the way pulled in. And Chris Tucker, <laughs> when he's up there and he's hiding, and uh, Corbin shoots the hole and he falls down and like does that super high-pitched scream... My kid was laughing and, like, got as close to the TV as he could. He was so hooked, and he loved that performance. I was like, yeah, man, it's just – it's absolute animal magnetism. Uh, it's just so good, dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think – yeah, there is a world where <laughs> – there is a world where Chris Tucker becomes the mo- – like, Chris Tucker overtakes, like, Eddie Murphy and all these other guys who went on to become great, like, comedic actors in films – as being like the guy and yeah like he ended up just making more money than god to do rush hour because like you know who needs to work after you've been paid 25 million dollars to sit to do rush hour three which is i'm not hating i don't hate it i'm only sad in a selfish greedy way yes i agree he's so fucking good he's so good you just see it and you're like even actors who work all the time you're like i love that actor right that's a great actor a lot of them don't have this movie. Like, Chris Tucker in this movie. Mm-hmm. You just watch it, and you're like, holy fuck. That's like his that's his, his uh, shining, you know, hilltop. I mean, not only that, though. Like, this is the thing that's the greatest. The, great, the, the thing about Chris Tucker in this movie that's 
probably the thing that's going to like this is what transcends the whole thing is before this he had made let's see he was in house party three friday and then money talks and then he did yeah, the which fifth was a element. massive breakout yeah right and then he did the fifth element yeah. like imagine having the trajectory he was having it was like you know friday Friday and Money Talks, like, they're running almost the same gamut of, like, the kind of character he's trying to portray. And then the next thing you see him in is the fifth element. Like, that is a guy who had every idea of what he wanted his career to be. Like, that's amazing to me. There is some shit that is is unprecedentedly awesome knowing that he was going to step in and be that kind of character, too. Because, like, especially in the 90s, you know especially in the 90s like imagine the kind of comedians that like when he said yeah i'm gonna play this like like ambiguous sort of effeminate like dj basically like i don't know and they're like that's that's who you want that's what you want to do that's where you're gonna go with this like you're gonna choose to be like a purposely androgynous character in a world that like it's the night it's like late 90s too where everybody is you know kind of shitty and just you know that's the way it is getting choked up against the wall by bruce willis it's amazing i mean like it's incredible it's like it's one of those all-time performances that is i mean and also is roughly i don't know what is it like is it 40 minutes of the movie like not a lot of the movie is spent with ruby road like that's like the thing is amazing to me is he's so iconic and he's not even the star he's like the fourth lead in the movie it's yeah, he's the rocket fuel for the ending, right? Yeah. Gary Oldman's character is doing whatever the fuck Gary Oldman's <laughs> character is doing and imploding. You're like, oh, thank God, Chris Tucker's here. Like, I have something to latch on to. Um, I don't. It's hard to kind of put a summary up because I. <laughs> it's. I don't know. I don't know. Like even the ultimate weapon. Like here's here's kind of like a conundrum, right? The movie, right? The ultimate weapon. Everything you create is to destroy. Right. When she says that to him. Right. Right. And she's like, humans are so strange. And I was like, OK, yeah, she's think she's thinking about her own place in this. Right. Is she? And then you're like, <laughs> is that? Yeah. You're like, is that deep? Or like, is she sad because she just read a wiki and like she is to destroy stuff. Right. But is life destroying? You're like, I guess that counts. Well, as you're like kind of sitting there. You're like hmm, lacking some self-awareness. I see. Like. Yeah, thanks, destroyer of uh, fucking Mr. Shadow. Oh, I guess Mr. Shadow's wife and kids can just pay rent without dad now. Great, thanks, lady. Oh, my God. Look at you over here just throwing haymakers, wow. right? Lilu, very highfalutin. My goodness. Yeah. Oh, just because all your garments are white, I guess we'll just start throwing haymakers at old Shadow and company. Who knows who was on the planet of that gas giant? Like, who <laughs> but it, it's it's one of those weird movies where, but it it works in a weird way because as a kid as I as a kid I thought it was this big, absolutely s- deep space opera with these big important questions about why we exist and where we came from, and as an adult you're like it kind of is that, but just not to the point like it realizes that Fifth Element doesn't need that kind of stuff it just becomes this amazing backdrop and this just beautifully detailed science fiction world with these awesome fucking actors you know usually doing great roles right ian holm and you know all of them are great actors even if they're a little off the mark sure just getting shuttled through this journey that doesn't matter 
right? And it, it the fate is already descent. You know what's strange? Gary Oldman in this movie to me reminded me of Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. That's what I kind of left the movie going. I'm like, if you think about it that way, it's just all these people are in this awesome sci-fi chocolate factory. And you're like, none of it really matters. They already know the poor kid is going to be the most appreciative and the other kids are assholes. You're like, all right, like it doesn't matter. Like just have fun with the child murder movie, right? That's kind of how I think of the fifth element is like, yeah, let let a couple Gary Oldman's get chopped up doing whatever the fuck they're doing. And Fair. just fucking get, get on that fucking drug trip boat and just go for the fucking ride, man. It's it's just it's so rare that movies really have a transportative quality to a world that kind of feels that real, even in kind of a big, silly movie like this, especially. I agree. I mean, yeah, I think that's what makes the fifth element so watchable is that I am transported. And there's not a lot of science fiction movies that do that. I think a lot of the time science fiction movies do a very poor job of telling you of, of like they they do a very good job of telling you where you are, but not very many movies make you forget where you are. And I think that's what the fifth element does better than a lot is you forget that you're watching a science fiction movie and you just are watching a movie. And that to me is what's that to me is the overall value. Well said. You know what? Actually, I'm going to take back what I said earlier about the fucking stupid grimace ducks like that species being in this movie and the Mylocks or whatever the fuck they are. The, the Mangalores, <laughs> Mangalores, right? I actually am going to take back what I said, because those two stupid fucking races <laughs> and Zorg being just a fucking moron of a character actually add a real texture to this world that i think's important right because we assume whoever comes here in the past and like has this super weapon and has all this technology that they're just these perfect fucking godlike beings i like the idea that instead of that they're just stupid overweight ducks that can't scurry past a slowly closing wall right you know what i mean like that adds context because there is just a whole planet somewhere of these overweight fucks that won't just lose weight and be better. They're like, we'll build giant bodies. And like, it. we'll be armored as we go. And, and you, you start thinking, you're like, oh, fuck. Now there's like a whole world building exercise in that. The, the you know, mangaloons or whatever are like, we can shape shift. <laughs> but they never do it well. They no. never do it to intelligent factor. And you're like, yeah, a, a, a militant race that's so angry they squander their gifts. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. So there is this even things that I found silly in the movie kind of add this deep texture of re reality to this movie. It was <laughs> it's something else, man. It's really, it's really what it is. I want to leave you with this, though. And this is an important thing, given our <laughs> extensive conversation about Gary Oldman's performance in this movie. I'm going to read this is on the Wikipedia page. Asked in a 2014 interview if he liked the film, Gary Oldman stated, oh, no, I can't bear it. <laughs> that that kind of tracks though he said that he explained kind of tracks he had explained in 2011 it was me singing for my supper because luke had come in and partially financed my film which was a movie he directed <laughs> singing for his supper oh that's pretty on the nose that's pretty odd that's it pretty almost great. i i imagine gary oldman just sits around and watches like snuff films he's like oh it's so real <laughs> 
it's not Hollywood. It's real acting. Like, he strikes me as one of those types. Uh, not to throw bombs. I love you, Gary Oldman. I think. Is he a good guy? Is he one of the good guys? I don't know. I can't I keep know. track anymore. I know he uh, baffled and confused me in this movie, so at least I felt something from his performance. I think uh, if so Gary Oldman... Cool. I think if Gary Oldman can do that character he did in True Romance, then I can let the Foghorn Leghorn thing go. I just think it's baffling that they used fucking Gary Oldman for this role. Like, this is a wonder John who Travolta else, wonder Battlefield Earth confusing level role. I mean, come on. Come on. I would, I would wonder, else to do. I would wonder who else was up for it. I Yeah, I would too, because I'm actually shocked that even as a young man, I was convinced this was an awesome performance and character. And you could pull Zorg out of this movie, and it would not matter at all. He is like Indiana Jones in Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, except for that he doesn't add anything cool to the movie. It doesn't matter. The fifth element is super fucking fun still. I loved it. My kid walked in, was immediately entranced, and that's why this movie works, man. It's visually arresting fun, and it will always be that way, and I'll always watch it when it's on, and so will my kids, man. And that's the best you can say about a movie that you made. Agreed. All right, guys, that's it for the fifth element. Uh, Plenty more. I hope you enjoyed the episode, Brad. Thank you for your pick, man. Appreciate that. Thank you for your continued support. You've been with us for a long time. It means the world to us. Um, All right, we have more stockings to stuff. Up next, Showgirls. I don't know what we did to you guys, but... (laughs) Revenge. Yeah, seriously. Jesus. Uh, We did 31 days of pods, and you guys asked us to watch Showgirls? Man. Yeah, well... Revenge is sweaty and gyrating, and we'll get to that next. Uh, Please take a second, leave a rating and review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Get at us on all our social media. Uh, Get a hold of us. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Get your friends some Manscaped products uh, this Christmas. Great stocking stuffers. Uh, Use code FILM at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, so that they know that we sent you. That is important. Thanks, guys, for that. We'll be back with Showgirls. Showgirls. <laughs> the only thing more confusing than Zorg. <laughs> <laughs>